0: This is the Dan Grasse show on ninety eight point seven ESPN
1: and Bill Conley joined me on that program to co- talk some college football why we 've got week zero right around the corner, and it really kicks off with Navy and Notre Dame uh, him and I talking about some of the uh, some of the plays some of the picks and some of the games and matchups that we both like. Week 0 and Week 1. Let's listen in. Let's talk about Week 0, right? It is fast approaching. Notre Dame going up against Navy. Notre Dame is favored at 20 and a half. The over-under is at 50. How are you playing this one?
2: Yeah, I kind of like Notre Dame and the under here. This is a a tricky one, you know, and obviously anytime you're betting on a service academy, uh, a service academy with a new quarterback and lots of potential unknowns, or excuse me, new head coach and lots of, of potential unknowns. Um, that, that makes you a little hesitant because, you know, who's, who hasn't been bitten by betting, a, you know, on a service academy uh, to, you know, to, to get blown out or something. But my SP plus ratings, I'll just lean on those right now. It says Notre Dame by 32. Uh, Navy is has a lot of, of rebuilding to do here and something in the, in the, you know, 38 to 7-ish kind of neighborhood feels about right to me, which would tell me Notre Dame in the end there.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to lay the points for Notre Dame maybe almost upset Notre Dame last year, right? That uh, 35-32 score, but they also have 17 starters coming back, but a new head coach. Meanwhile, Notre Dame, they have 15 starters coming back. And like I said, that QB transfer, Sam Hartman, 38 touchdowns at Wake the last two seasons. So hopefully he could pick up where he left off at Wake for Notre Dame, and I will lay the points. Another week zero game is San Jose State going against USC. An even bigger line here. USC laying 30. The over-under is 64 and a half. What's your play?
2: Yeah, I like, um, I, I know I like USC. The, it's I, I've gone back and forth. I don't think I have a good play on the over-under. It could come in right at that 63, 64 mark. But I like USC by more like 35 or 38. and Cadero For uh, San Jose State, we should learn a lot about USC's defense, and that's obviously the number one question about USC heading into this year and whether they have top five or top ten potential. I just don't see them ever stopping USC. If Caleb Williams is out there for four quarters, they're going to score a heck of a lot of points, and uh, I I assume they get this done by more like 35.
1: I'm going over here, right? Like, USC offense, I think they want to make a statement week one again. Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley, he wants to win the Heisman, and really, their offense is what stirs the drink. Defensively, 81st in scoring, 199th in, in opponents' yards per play, and it's not like their defense went out and got exponentially better. So, I, I, I've got some big concerns about this USC defense this season. So, but I think the offense could come out and put up a ton. Of- do like the over here let's take a look at some of the week one games we can look forward to and that's university of florida going against utah utah favored by seven the over unders 46. what are you looking here in week one
2: this is one where i'm going against my numbers twice uh you know my sp plus ratings say utah by about eight points in the and and definitely take the over you uh my numbers don't know that uh cam rising status is completely up in the air right now and that's that makes a humongous difference his backup might be hurt too and that's I, I just don't trust Utah at all in this situation. I think they can still grind out a win. They're still very, very physical, and they still have a lot to offer in that regard. Um, but if they're not, if Cam Rising isn't 100%, I don't see this game going over. And so I'll, I'll, I'll take Florida in the under. I feel better about Florida than the under, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the under. Uh, by the way, Cameron Rising, what a great name. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Coming off of that ACL, Still no word whether or not he's going to be active and attractive week one. Richard not starting in Florida, but it was announced this week he is going to be starting in Indianapolis with the Colts. That's for sure. New defensive coordinator for University of Florida, Austin Armstrong. Uh, a lot of buzz about him, only 30 years old, but bringing a lot of feistiness to that Gators defense. So I'm on the under here as well. Let's take a look at Colorado and TCU. TCU favored by 20 and a half. The over-unders at 59 and a half. A lot of storylines here, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, just a couple. Um, This is, again, I'm talking a lot about projections and numbers and stuff. Colorado is an unprojectable team. Uh, You know, I can talk about recent history. Well, nobody on this team was on any other Colorado team. Deion Sanders pretty much wiped the slate clean. And We have really no idea what they have to offer, but I'm just going to set this up as a challenge here. My numbers do say more like TCU by 26. I'd say 21 to 24 sounds pretty good. Um, I am going to take the under just because it's really high, uh, but I could see something like a you know a, a 41 to to 14 or 17 kind of deal here, which would put us just a little bit under and, and would have TCU covering.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pass on this game because, again, so many interesting storylines. Deion Sanders, now the new head coach at Colorado, his son, the quarterback, uh, can recruit like nobody's business. Interested to see what team he's going to be able to coach, how feisty they're going to be playing for Deion Sanders. And then TCU losing so much talent, right? Their quarterback, first-round drafted wide receiver. So I'm going to sit back. I want to see how this game – I'm definitely going to be tuning in but I can't say I'm going to put my hard-earned money on this matchup. Last but not least, let's go LSU going up against Florida State. Two highly touted teams have the expectations this season. LSU favored by 2.5. The over-under is 56 and a half. Do you have a play here?
2: I'm starting to realize I I, I hate fun. I'm picking all the unders, and I'm going to do it again here. Um, You know, this is – I think I trust LSU a little bit more in this game. I I might not trust them to make the playoff necessarily, but I do think, you know, this is probably more like LSU by four to six. Uh, Florida State just really has a lot to prove on defense, especially up front, and I like what LSU has to offer just from an efficiency and ball hogging standpoint. So I figured they keep it under. This is something in the, the, you know, 28-24 neighborhood – uh, but I do feel pretty comfortable about the under, and I like LSU.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 going LSU here as well. I, I'm really big on Perkins. I can't wait to see him play. He definitely gives quarterbacks and offensive lines fits. We saw it last season. I think he locks and reloads this season. And FSU is really going to have to be committed to running the ball, and they're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively to keep LSU's defense and Perkins honest. If they cannot, I think this could be a track meet, which I think – FSU is not going to be able to stay lockstep with LSU, so I am leaning towards LSU. I will le- I will I will lay the two and a half. Uh, before we let you go, we gotta we gotta talk about the Heisman, right? Big expectation this season for Caleb Williams. As we know, nobody's won back to back in regards to the Heisman Trophy since Archie Griffin did it back in 1975. But he is expected, he is favored to win it. What are your thoughts? Uh, do you think Caleb can repeat?
2: I, I don't know if he can repeat, but I love plus five fifty. Um, I was worried it was gonna be, you know, minus two hundred or something crazy. I plus five fifty, he's got a better than twenty percent chance at this, therefore the odds are on his side. And look, I mean, it's it's kind of funny to say it this way, but USC's defense, if it does improve, and I think it will a little bit, they got Barry Alexander from Georgia, they have Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. Sadly, the way this all works is, you know, if, if your team is better, whether it had anything to do with you or not, your, your odds improve. And so, if their defense improves, they make the Pac-12 championship. They don't go get blown out in the Pac-12 championship this time. He's gonna be, a, he's gonna have a very, very good shot, and I like plus five fifty quite a bit.
1: Okay, so we've been in this situation, this predicament, twelve times, right? That that we've seen a player have an opportunity to repeat. And win the heisman trophy back to back so the chances and and again we haven't seen it happen since 1975 with with archie griffin so uh, with that being said the trend in the likeliness is is not very high so give me a flyer if it's not caleb then then who is it who do do you think can upset the apple cart that is at usc
2: well, if we're looking for the best odds, the most favorable odds, I really, you know, uh, Joe Milton at t- plus 2,200, Drew Aller at plus 2,500, new quarterbacks for what should be very explosive offenses. That sounds pretty fun, especially Joe Milton. Um, putting money on Joe Milton, there's nothing more exhilarating than that because it could absolutely backfire on you, but uh, it could also be a lot of fun and, and pay off. I, I, as, as far as the smartest choice, the most likely number two, I would probably have to say Georgia's uh, Carson Beck, if only because... He is the single most likely player to be starting for a top five team at the end of the year. A lot of stuff can happen with these other uh, major jobs, Ohio State, Alabama. We don't quite know if they know who their number one is. But Carson Beck sure seems like Georgia's number one and Georgia's number one in the country. So that's a pretty good combination.
1: So uh, again, Bill Conley joining me on my Bet Digital broadcast, uh, getting a a real nice sneak peek preview. College football is going to be here before we know it. Don't quite understand the week zero, but it's all good. Um, talking about the uh, the Heisman Trophy, there's a quarterback that I love this season, and hopefully you've heard of him, University of North Carolina, Drake May. Uh, this young man is unbelievable. Last year when the ACC Player of the Year passed for over 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns, uh, what was even more impressive was at UNC's Pro Day the NFL scouts were there, of course, and, and he wasn't, he's uneligible to, to come out, uh, but he partook in the UNC Pro Day and uh, and threw the ball for about 45 minutes. Uh, not one ball fell on the ground. Not one. Um, you talk about a young man who's got just competitiveness, protects the football extremely well, and is extremely pro-ready in regards to the way that he's able to read defenses, his poise. He just checks all the boxes, checks all the boxes. Now, obviously a lot of times um, when you're talking about somebody to win the Heisman Trophy, you know, it's, it's somebody who hopefully is, is playing on a team that's winning a lot of games. I don't, I don't think UNC is going to be in the co- the top of conversation of going to the playoffs, uh, but I do believe that the season we're going to see with Drake May is going to be absolutely spectacular. So that is where my money is rolling in regard to potentially winning the Heisman Trophy and also uh, definitely being the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. Uh, We come back, uh, we'll talk some more. Uh, Major League Baseball is the Yankees are losing 7-3. Um, but we got to talk bigger picture. And David Samson uh, will uh, have that discussion with us as well. Next on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grasso Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: This podcast is proud to be
2: supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And Bill Conley joined me on that program to co- talk some college football. Why we've got week zero right around the corner, and it really kicks off with Navy and Notre Dame uh, him and I talking about some of the, uh, the plays, some of the picks, and some of the games and matchups that we both like, Week 0 and Week 1. Let's listen in. Let's talk about Week 0, right? It is fast approaching. Notre Dame going up against Navy. Notre Dame is favored at 20 and a half. The over-under is at 50. How are you playing this one?
2: Yeah, I kind of like Notre Dame and the under here. This is a a tricky one, you know, and obviously anytime you're betting on a service academy, uh, a service academy with a new quarterback and lots of potential unknowns, or excuse me, new head coach and lots of of potential unknowns, um, that that makes you a little hesitant because, you know, who hasn't been bitten by betting, you know, on a service academy uh, to, you know, to, to get blown out or something. But my SP plus ratings, I'll just lean on those right now. It says Notre Dame by 32. Uh, navy is has a lot of of rebuilding to do here and something in the in the you know 38 to 7ish kind of neighborhood feels about right to me which would tell me Notre Dame in the end there.
1: yeah i'm with you i'm going to lay the points with Notre Dame navy almost upset notre dame last year right that 35 uh, 32 score but they also have 17 starters coming back but a new head coach meanwhile notre dame they have 15 starters coming back and like I said, that QB transfer, Sam Hartman, 38 touchdowns at wake the last two seasons. So hopefully he could pick up where he left off at wake for Notre Dame, and I will lay the points. Another week zero game is San Jose State going against USC. An even bigger line here. USC laying 30, the over-under is 64 and a half. What's your play?
2: Yeah, I like, um, I, I know I like USC. The, it's I, I've gone back and forth. I don't think I have a good play on the over-under. It could come in right at that 63-64 mark, but I like USC by more like 35 or 38. Jevin Cadero for uh, San Jose State, we should learn a lot about USC's defense, and that's obviously the number one question about USC heading into this year and whether they have... Top five or top ten potential, but <laughs> I just don't see them ever stopping USC. If Caleb Williams is out there for four quarters, they're going to score a heck of a lot of points, and uh, I-, I assume they get this done by more like thirty-five.
1: I'm going over here, right? Like USC offense, I think they want to make a statement week one again. Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley, he wants to win the Heisman. And really, their offense is what stirs the drink. Defensively, 81st in scoring, 199th in, in opponent's yards per play. And it's not like their defense went out and got exponentially better. So I, I, I've got some big concerns about this USC defense this season. So, But I think the offense could come out and put up a ton of do like the over here. Let's take a look at some of the week one games we can look forward to. And that's University of Florida going against Utah. Utah favored by seven, the over-unders 46. What are you looking here in week one?
2: this is one where i'm going against my numbers twice uh you know my sp plus ratings say utah by about eight points in the and, and definitely take the over you uh my numbers don't know that uh cam rising status is completely up in the air right now and that's that makes a humongous difference his backup might be hurt too and that's I, I just don't trust Utah at all in this situation. I think they can still grind out a win. They're still very, very physical, and they still have a lot to offer in that regard. Um, but if they're not, if Cam Rising isn't 100%, I don't see this game going over. And so I'll, I'll, I'll take Florida in the under. I feel better about Florida than the under, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the under. Uh, by the way, Cameron Rising, what a great name. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Coming off of that ACL, still no word whether or not he's going to be active and attractive week one. Richard not starting in Florida, but it was announced this week he is going to be starting in Indianapolis with the Colts. That's for sure. New defensive coordinator for University of Florida, Austin Armstrong. Uh, A lot of buzz about him, only 30 years old, but bringing a lot of feistiness to that Gators defense, so I'm on the under here as well. Let's take a look at Colorado and TCU. TCU favored by 20 and a half. The over-unders at 59 and a half. A lot of storylines here, right?
2: Uh, yeah, just a couple. Um, yeah, this is, again, I'm talking a lot about projections and numbers and stuff. Colorado is an unprojectable team. Uh, You know, I can talk about recent history. Well, nobody on this team was on any other Colorado team. Deion Sanders pretty much wiped the slate clean, and we have really no idea what they have to offer. But I'm just going to set this up as a challenge here. My numbers do say more like TCU by 26. I'd say 21 to 24 sounds pretty good. Um, I am going to take the under just because it's really high. Uh, But I could see something like, you know, a a 41 to to 14 or 17 kind of deal here, which would put us just a little bit under and, and would have TCU covering.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pass on this game because, again, so many interesting storylines. Deion Sanders, now the new head coach at Colorado, his son, the quarterback, uh, can recruit like nobody's business, interested to see what team he's going to be able to coach, how feisty they're going to be playing for Deion Sanders. And then TCU losing so much talent, right, their quarterback. First round drafted wide receiver. So I'm gonna sit back. I wanna see how this game. I'm definitely gonna be tuning in, but I can't say I'm gonna put my hard-earned money on this matchup. Last but not least, let's go LSU going up against Florida State. Two highly touted teams. Hefty the expectations this season. LSU favored by two and a half, the over-under is 56 and a half. Do you have a play here?
2: I'm starting to realize I I, I hate fun. I'm picking all the unders, and I'm going to do it again here. Um, You know, this is – I think I trust LSU a little bit more in this game. I I might not trust them to make the playoff necessarily, but I do think, you know, this is probably more like LSU by four to six. Uh, Florida State just really has a lot to prove on defense, especially up front, and I like what LSU has to offer just from an efficiency and ball hogging standpoint. So I figure they keep it under. This is something in the, the, you know, 28-24 neighborhood – uh, but I do feel pretty comfortable about the under, and I like LSU.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 going LSU here as well. I, I'm really big on Perkins. I can't wait to see him play. He definitely gives quarterbacks and offensive lines fits. We saw it last season. I think he locks and reloads this season. And FSU is really going to have to be committed to running the ball, and they're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively to keep LSU's defense and Perkins honest. If they cannot, I think this could be a track meet, which I think – FSU is not going to be able to stay lockstep with LSU, so I am leaning towards LSU. I will le- I will I will lay the two and a half. Uh, before we let you go, we gotta we gotta talk about the Heisman, right? Big expectation this season for Caleb Williams. As we know, nobody's won back to back in regards to the Heisman Trophy since Archie Griffin did it back in 1975. But he is expected, he is favored to win it. What are your thoughts? Uh, do you think Caleb can repeat?
2: I, I don't know if he can repeat, but I love plus 550. Um, I was worried it was going to be, you know, minus 200 or something crazy. I, plus I 550, he's got a better than 20% chance at this. Therefore, the odds are on his side. And look, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny to say it this way, but USC's defense, if it does improve, and I think it will a little bit, they got Barry Alexander from Georgia. They have Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. Sadly, the way this all works is, you know, if, if your team is better, whether it had anything to do with you or not, your your odds improve. And so if their defense improves, they make the Pac-12 championship, they don't go get blown out in the Pac-12 championship this time, he's gonna be a he's gonna have a very, very good shot. And I like plus 550 quite a bit.
1: Okay, so we've been in this situation, this predicament 12 times, right? That that we've seen a player have an opportunity to repeat. And win the heisman trophy back to back so the chances and, and again we haven't seen it happen since 1975 with, with archie griffin so uh, with that being said the trend in the likeliness is is not very high so give me a flyer if it's not caleb then then who is it who do, who do you think can upset the apple cart that is at usc well- Well, if we're
2: looking for the best odds, the most favorable odds, I really, you know, uh, Joe Milton at plus 2,200, Drew Aller at plus 2,500, new quarterbacks for what should be very explosive offenses. That sounds pretty fun, especially Joe Milton. Um, Putting money on Joe Milton, there's nothing more exhilarating than that because it could absolutely backfire on you, but uh, it could also be a lot of fun and and pay off. As as far as the smartest choice, the most likely number two, I would probably have to say Georgia's uh, Carson Beck, if only because... He is the single most likely player to be starting for a top five team at the end of the year. A lot of stuff can happen with these other uh, major jobs, Ohio State, Alabama. We don't quite know if they know who their number one is, but Carson Beck sure seems like Georgia's number one and Georgia's number one in the country. So that's a pretty good combination.
1: So again, Bill Conley joining me on my bet digital broadcast, uh, getting a a real nice sneak peek preview. College football is going to be here before we know it. Don't quite understand the week zero, but it's all good. Um, talking about the uh, the Heisman Trophy, there's a quarterback that I love this season, and hopefully you've heard of him, University of North Carolina, Drake May. Uh, this young man is unbelievable. Last year when the ACC Player of the Year passed for over 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns, uh, what was even more impressive was at UNC's Pro Day the NFL scouts were there, of course, and, and he wasn't, he's uneligible to, to come out, uh, but he partook in the UNC Pro Day and uh, and threw the ball for about 45 minutes. Uh, not one ball fell on the ground. Not one. Um, You talk about a young man who's got just competitiveness, protects the football extremely well, and is extremely pro-ready in regards to the way that he's able to read defenses, his poise. He just checks all the boxes, checks all the boxes. Now, obviously a lot of times, um, when you're talking about somebody to win the Heisman trophy, you know, it's, it's somebody who hopefully is, is playing on a team that's winning a lot of games. I don't, I don't think UNC is going to be in the co- the type of conversation of going to the playoffs, uh, but I do believe that the season we're going to see with Drake May is going to be absolutely spectacular. So that is where my money is rolling in regard to potentially winning the Heisman Trophy and also uh, definitely being the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. Uh, We come back, uh, we'll talk some more. Uh, Major League Baseball is the Yankees are losing 7-3. Um, but we got to talk bigger picture and David Sampson, uh, will uh, have that discussion with us as well. Next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grosser show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Out there playing a little pickleball, a little golf, a lot of preseason action. Happening, That's for sure right now. Giants up on the Carolina Panthers 21 to 12. The Falcons up on the Bengals 10 to 6 and a slew of uh, games on the slate throughout the day and the evening tomorrow into Sunday. And then of course, Monday that the Ravens looking to is it can we just marinate in that for a minute? The Ravens looking for the 25th straight postseason win. I, that's just, <laughs> I just that's ridiculous. Um uh in uh, in baseball, top of the ninth Red Sox still up on the Yankees seven to three and uh an end of the fifth, so uh for the Mets, and uh they are up on the Cardinals two zero. Earlier this evening, uh David Sampson, former president of the Florida Marlins, now has his own show and, and podcast and whatnot. Uh, talking all things sports, Join me on the program. I thought it'd be great to get him on. This week, Ben Ruda, a gentleman who's typically on with me, uh, came out and went viral in regard to him criticizing the way that the Yankees handle their minor league systems, specifically their their uber commitment to analytics. So I thought it'd be great to get David Sampson on the show and and, and to ask him, you know, is, is that out of the norm? in regard to how analytics are utilized in around all teams in Major League Baseball, and specifically the Yankees. Let's listen in.
0: Well, I actually covered this quite a bit on my show, Nothing Personal, so I want to I give you a few points here. Number one, when a hitting coach is brought in, that part of the deal is that you want that hitting coach's philosophy, which you've bought into because you've hired him, you want that philosophy to be all through the minor league system. So it is very normal when there's a change at the top that that leads to change throughout your, your system and replacing coaches. So that is not out of the ordinary. If they made a mistake in terms of what is being taught, how it's being taught, and the people who are doing the teaching, that's a different story. But in terms of the turnover, I'm not as concerned about that.
1: You understand when, when, a, when a new person is hired, he is then in control. He brings in his own people
0: well it's not just his own people it's actually you hire people who are going to teach what the hitting coach wants taught throughout the system so when players are moving through the system they're all doing the same thing and that's very very normal and natural the other point that you said he made was about why development hasn't worked and there're not enough good young players the yankees were famous for promoting their own players in a way that people inside baseball didn't believe, but they did it for both PR and to try to get better trades. So they would say that their young players were always really good, but they really weren't always very good. And they didn't fool any of the baseball executives out there, but I get why they tried. We said the same thing to our minor league people. Hey, when you talk about our own players, talk them up. Don't say that they stink, say that they're great in case you want to trade them.
1: David Sampson joins us here. I know we're talking about uh, the Yankees and their struggles this season below 500, uh, potentially first time in Brian Cashman's tenure that uh, this team could possibly finish below 500 at the end of the season. So with that being said, I I wanted to specifically bring you on to to talk about the analytics and and the criticism that their analytics department has taken um, in in this past
0: week. I think it's not warranted. The Yankees have a a payroll, and they are just not getting production from the players who need to produce at the numbers they're getting paid. And you can blame Aaron Boone. You can blame Brian Cashman. But think about the stat you just gave, which is he hasn't had a season below 500. It's the second longest streak in history behind only the Yankees way back when. And so this was bound to happen at some point. Is it painful? Yes. Is it disappointing? Of course. Are people angry? I get it. But man, Brian Cashman is going to the Hall of Fame. And yes, he's won a World Series only once since 2009. But come on, let's not overreact. Though I do agree changes need to be made, but let's not forget the success that the Yankees have had for a very long period of time.
1: Do you feel based on again? I, I know what Ben Ruda said. It, it went viral. I'm, I'm sure you're very well aware. Like, is is that the norm in regard to baseball now? Like, where you've got baseball coaches that don't have a lot of baseball experience, and it's 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 more about brainiacs and and the analytics. Is is that more the norm? Like, are the are, are the Yankees part of what really? Is the, majo- the, the majority and not the minority in Major League Baseball, David?
0: Yeah, it really is the majority. And that's one of the things that uh, we fought, fought about a lot was how much would we rely on analytics. And I always believed it should be a part of what you do, but you still need your eyes, you need your ears, and having your calculator matters, but you have to use it in conjunction with all the other tools. And I promise you the Yankees, are not using 100% analytics. No team is. I promise you they're not using 100% non-analytics, but no team is doing that either. But we're looking for blame, and that's really what, what really Ben was saying, and it, it's too general what he said. Partially, it's true that there are people coaching, there are people giving advice to coaches who have zero on-field experience. That is true, But the Yankees are one of 30
1: teams to do that. So, and and you know we we talk about Cashman as you could only imagine, David, the number of Yankee fans that have been calling in—not um—I'm sure to just 98.7 ESPN, but uh, across the country, wanting Cashman, wanting Boone gone. Cashman just signed a new deal, four years this past winter, and as you said in, in 1999. I mean, in in, uh, in 2018, 100 wins, 2019, 103 wins, 2022, last year, 99 wins. So the track record is there. You know, for, what, what would be your message to Yankee fans right now listening who feel like, oh, Cashman's got to go?
0: I think that a change needs to be made only because it's hard to have the same voice for that long. And so one of the things I was thinking about is – as a Yankee fan, I understand the need for change, but I think Yankee fans, and again, this was something from Nothing Personal, where you, wherever you find your podcast. but think about Hal Steinbrenner, who's trying so hard not to be his father. George Steinbrenner never would have kept Brian Cashman this long, would have lost patience, fired him, fired Boone um, way years ago. Hal, on the other hand, is so busy trying not to be George that he's gone too far and he so badly doesn't want to make changes because he doesn't want to be looked at as that way. But I think now is the time. I think now is the time to get a different voice in the dugout. It's a time to get a different voice in the front office. But you're likely not going to replace both in the same year. That's too much change. So I think it would make sense if Boone, one or the other, is let go. And if I were to bet, I would bet on Boone. Because I think that something has to happen, and I love Aaron, but Aaron doesn't look like himself. He doesn't sound like himself. He sounds and looks miserable, and I know that losing can do that to you, but it's, uh, it may be time. But the real issue for Yankees fans is can they move some pieces in order to gain some production? And you may have to pay down salaries. You may need to eat some money, but are you willing to move out some veteran pieces and try with better, productive pieces next year.
1: You know, Buster only, as, as you know, I'm, I'm with ESPN, obviously. Uh, Buster only was on ESPN and, and made an interesting point that this is a, a Yankees team that looks old and unathletic and that the new <laughs> rules don't cater to teams that are old and unathletic. Do you agree or disagree with that notion?
0: I totally disagree. It's like saying that your team is flat when you get no hit. And uh, of course you look flat when you're not getting hit. It's like saying your team has no energy when they get shut out. Of course your team looks like it has no energy when it's not hitting. And right now the Yankees are simply not hitting. Their starting pitching's not good enough. They've had to overcome injuries and other issues, and they just don't have the depth that is required to overcome it. This is just not their year. And the 500 streak is going to end. They're not going to make the playoffs. And before you know it, it'll be spring training. And February is soon. It's already August. Six months from now, there'll be a new season. So my message to Yankees fans, much like my message to Cardinals fans, this is a bad year. But you've been blessed with a really good century so far. So we'll see you in six months.
1: David Sampson joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Before we let you go, let's look big picture. Right in the American League, how about those Orioles? Right, unbelievable uh, at the Amazing. top of the American. It's really uh, at the top of the American League East. The Rangers have been terrific, especially as of late. I don't think anybody could stop Atlanta. Um, you know, as as we get closer and closer, of course, to to the postseason and, and the wild card race in full effect. Um, you know, who, who are you really feeling that's peaking right now that you feel really confident about as we get closer to the postseason, David?
0: Well, preseason, Anita, I picked the, Braves, the Astros to beat the Braves in the World Series. At the All-Star break, I changed it to the Braves beating the Astros in the World Series. And I'm probably going to stick to that. I think they are the two best teams. It's hard to topple the Astros. They have such experience under the big bright lights. And the Braves, I don't know how you beat them four times out of seven. I don't think they can be, although in the postseason anything can happen. But as far as the Orioles are concerned, I hope you're watching them. They're young, and they're cheap, and their window's open, and their schedule is now. And they were willing to rebuild. They've been horrible for a period of years. But like the Astros, who lost 100 games like three years in a row, the Orioles did the same. And now they're winning with young, really good talent. And their farm system's good. It is the union's nightmare that the Orioles and the Rays are this good. And it's the nightmare for the union that the Padres, the Mets, and the Yankees, the top three payrolls, are going to likely miss the playoffs. Because owners look at that and say, what do I need to spend money to lose? That makes no sense.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? And the Orioles, I want to say, what, uh, second lowest payroll in Major League Baseball and the number one farm system. I was reading the other day, and so this is only this is just the beginning. Watch out! This is a franchise that really could do some things in the next coming years. So yeah, it, you it is you have to it be willing a...
0: to lose, right? That's you the have thing. Gattman and the Yankees. Trust
1: the process. They've never Trust lost. Trust the process,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> Trust the process as it bleeds over from the NBA to Major League Baseball. David, you rock! Always so thrilled when you can join us, my friend. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Have a great night. Thank you. Have a great day.
1: Again, David Sampson joining me earlier on the show. I I, I thought his words were, were really, really interesting considering, again, uh, getting a lot of calls. Cashman's got to go. Booney's got to go. How different uh, are other teams in regard to what Ben Ruda was communicating this week? And, and, of course, it went viral. I, I thought that was important to get David on just to kind of give us a look a peek behind the curtain and and what is the norm in major league baseball and and, and are the Yankees doing something that is different and not good uh compared to other teams in the NFL in in, in the NFL in the in the in the uh, major in major league baseball which by the way Yankees unfortunately still losing to the Red Sox bottom of the ninth, 8 to 3 does not look like they're going to be uh, really maneuvering uh, a comeback. So there is that. They will then, of course, if this score continues, uh, will lose six straight. The Mets up on the Cardinals 2-0. Also, Carolina coming back on the Giants 21-19. It is preseason. Keep that in mind. Uh, and also, you've got a Falcons team up on the Bengals 10-6. to I told you to take the six and a half. The Bengals getting six and a half uh, in this matchup because no Joe Burrow. About 13 minutes left in the fourth. You already won Giants in the first half. Hopefully, I will uh, have helped you win quite a bit of money tonight. That would be nice. Marty, I see you. Hang tight. We'll get your call when we get back. We'll close it out. Uh, Ty Butler follows me coming your way at the top of the the 10 o'clock hours. So no need to go anywhere else than right here at 98.7 ESPN.